Most people drastically underestimate the amount of work that it takes to get a business off the ground, and especially the amount of work that it takes to take a business that's already operational and bring it where it needs to go. What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm your host. And today, I might get interrupted by one, two, or all three of my daughters. They're down the hall in my office. I'm sitting in the podcast studio. They know dad's recording. Uh, stay out, be responsible, don't break anything, and avoid hurting yourself if you can. But they might break in here, and that's life. If they do, you're going to hear them. Remember, if what you get from today's show is valuable for you, please go to wherever you listen. Leave us that five-star rating. Write us a review. Share this with a friend. That's how the podcast is going to grow. It's how we're going to be able to keep on bringing on big guests and justify carving out time in my day to record this for you guys when I could otherwise be talking to people about either becoming clients of ours or helping them do a better job in their businesses or mentoring our team or traveling or doing what doing whatever. Uh, in case you're curious, because you might be, the reason why the daughter's in the other room is mom is down at the Active Life flagship and she's working out. And it is not the most kid-friendly environment, especially for all three of our kids. Maybe for one, and maybe even for two. It just depends on which two. So I told her, drop them off at the office and go do your thing. I want to share a story with you. In 2017, December, I sold my share of the CrossFit gym that I own and the chiropractic clinic. It was the first year I ever made over $100,000. And business was actually starting to go really well. But um, I wasn't loving it. I found myself actually uh, lamenting going into work and resenting the job I had, even though I had patients flying in to see me from around the world. And that's the pinnacle, right? <clears throat> so I found myself in this odd crossroads where I, I had started this online thing, and I was really excited about it, and I felt like it could really grow and help a lot more people and frankly, focus my attention. Like, here's the thing. People talk about helping more people, deeper impact, more money, scale, vision, da 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 Let me level with you. I'm going to level with you about some of this stuff. The impact and the influence and helping people is super cool. It's the reason that I chose to make my money doing this kind of work. It's because I wanted to have that kind of impact on people. And I did want to have it on as many as possible. But I didn't leave clinic because I couldn't help enough people in clinic. I think generally speaking, when people say that, it's, it's a smokescreen for I couldn't make enough money in little enough time. And that was part of it for me. But the money and the time was even less than the thrill. I loved the thrill of running a business online. I loved the thrill of sporadically needing to travel to go see a client. I love the thrill of a new client flying into town and spending a whole day with me. I loved the thrill of potentially getting introduced to a person I've been following and, and a fan of for a long time at any given moment. And that stuff doesn't happen as readily when you're in person, when you're running a clinic. It just limits you. So the number one reason why I actually left clinic was it just wasn't as much fun as doing stuff online was for me. The intrigue, the mystery, the um, just the excitement of, of limitless growth and a floor that was constantly right there to see, like, um, if I fail, we're screwed. Uh, that excites the hell out of me. 
So that's why I left. Now, I want to take you through what it was like in January of 2018. Because remember, the month before, I made over $10,000. And that's not insane money. But when you factor in bonuses and equity in the business and all of that kind of stuff that I was developing, it was really closer to like seventeen dollars or $18,000 in value that I was developing on a month over month. So I was left that behind. And my opportunity in January of 2018 was to make about 3000 bucks. The way the business was situated in January of 2018, my opportunity for take-home revenue was going to be right about $3,000. That's a big drop, especially for a guy who just spent the last two years, really the last five years, but the last, no, that's not true either, the last seven years, but the last two really starting to focus down and actually start to get some traction, getting traction, 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 leave, okay. So in January, I was set to make about uh, $3,000. I was not going to have that. So I told my wife, I'll see you in February. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a business in January. And then I went to Instagram, which is before Instagram, um, I believe before it was bought by Facebook. Maybe, no, it was after it was bought by Facebook. But it was before they had a limit on the number of outbound DMs that you could send. And so what I started to do is I built a chart. <clears throat> I built a chart uh, that combined hashtags. So like hashtag shoulder pain, hashtag back pain, hashtag hip pain, hashtag uh, Achilles pain, hashtag neck pain. Those are some of the bigger hashtags I went after. I also went after hashtag CrossFit, hashtag bodybuilding, hashtag fitness. Although fitness became this, this busy rabbit hole that I couldn't find anything specific and so it left quickly. I searched those hashtags and looked for people who were commenting about their painful journey that they were on to be active. It just hurts. This hurts. That hurts. This hurts. That hurts. So I went... And I did that, and I started DMing these people, just introducing myself to them. Remember, my brand at the time was helping people get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym from anywhere in the world. So that was step one. Step two was I would look at, when I, when I started to get responses, I would make a list of, did they respond or did they not respond? Yes or no? Check yes or check no. And I was doing that also marking what time of day it was when I reached out to them, where they are. What time it was, where they are. So quickly, after about four days, I realized that people respond much more frequently between the hours of 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. So what I did was I started to create a list of people based on when it was 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. where they are. So imagine that, that, that picture from the guy from, um, I think it's, uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, drawing like the map that he's like an FBI agent, but it's fake, where he's like, this is the, this is the thing and it's totally complicated, that was me. These are the Instagram handles. This is the time zone that they're in. And so this is the time where I am, that it's between the hours of 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. where they are. DM them during your time period, Sean. That's what I did. So all day long, I was DMing people between the hours of 5 and 7 their time. So when it was 5 to 7 Eastern, <clears throat> I was DMing the East Coast. The next hour, central. The next hour, mountain. The next hour or two, Pacific. Then it would be wait until it's time to hit Australia and Asia. And then keep on backing your way in until you're hitting Europe. And I'm, I kid you not, I sent in excess of a 1,000 DMs a day. Easy. 
easily sent over a thousand DMs a day. And all I would say when I sent the DM was, hey, notice that you hashtagged blank. What is it that you're dealing with? That's it. That was what I would send out. It was that or something along the lines of that that was fairly similar. Now remember, because my Instagram account is my Instagram account, I was building credibility the whole time on the platform that I was using. I had already posted a thousand maybe, uh, probably fewer than that, a few hundred posts talking about aches, pains, getting out of them. So if someone were to get that DM from me and then say, who is this guy? And then they go look at my account, they would see a bunch of information about getting out of pain. Remember, your Instagram account's a reference tool, not an advertising tool. So the people would come now and they would answer, oh yeah, I hurt my back doing this, this, and this. And then I would go into the, what have you tried for that? What have you been doing for that? And we would just start a very regular organic conversation. And a thousand DMs a day, at least, by the end of the month, January 2018, I had sold over $83,000 worth of service. Remember, I came into the month of January. I was supposed to make $3,000. I told my wife, I will see you in February. By the end of the month, I had sold over $83,000 worth of service. In case you're curious, it was about $200 a month. To work with us. So I, that includes paid in fulls. It includes stuff that was contracted that was yet to be serviced. But I created a problem for myself that forced me to make a hire right away. That's what happened. I was, I was selling so much. I had to make hires for people to service the business. Why is this a relevant story for you? Because I was DMing cold over a thousand people a day. And I only generated 83-ish thousand dollars in business. There's a few things to that. Number one, I wanted a million dollar business. That was the goal when I started in January. Well, if you take 83,000 and you multiply it by 12, you get a million. So I set my goal at a number, I hit that number, and then, you know, it's magical. Just some random magic, right? Like you set your, your, you set your mind on a number and you hit it. Oh, wow. What a coincidence. No, I want, I often wonder what would have happened if I set my goal at $500,000 for that month. Now, truth be told today, I don't set my goals financially because I find that I found that that to be uh, toxic behavior for me. I would sell people who, who maybe were a fit, but maybe weren't a fit. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I, I, now it's, it's different in my mind, but I had around 30,000 conversations in the month of January and only sold $83,000 worth of business. Now think about that. Let's do the math on that. It means the average person I talked to ended up paying me fewer than $3. I made fewer than $3 per person who I talked to. Do the math on how many conversations you are having, how many DMs you are sending, how many people you are shaking hands with, how many calls you are getting on, how many times you thank a follower for following you, how many times you thank somebody for sharing your, Instagrams, your Instagram posts, how often are you talking to people? Because I made about $3 per person who I DM'd in the month. If you're doing that 200 times, and you're not making any money. 200 times feels like a lot, but $3, $600 for 200 DMs that you went outbound with. 
That's not a that's not something you're gonna keep on doing. But if I told you just sit there all day, every day, and message people, thank people for liking your stuff, thank people for commenting on your stuff, ask people where they found you, tell them. I tell this to everybody who follows me who I can get. Sometimes I miss. I really appreciate you following me. I'm curious, was it a post that I made that I should make more of? Or was it a friend of yours who sent you to my account? Because I would want to thank them. I really appreciate you being here and I would love to know how you found me. If I can be helpful to you in any way, please let me know. I love engaging with followers on this platform, turning followers into friends and being of real value. I aim to do that for every single person who comes to my account. That's hundreds of people a month. Are you even sending hundreds of DMs a month? Because I'm doing that hundreds of times a month. And the point I'm making to you is this. We need to have more conversations. Way more conversations. Like multipliers more conversations. You need to have more conversations than you think you need to have. If you have a gym with 200 members in it, and you want to build, let's say, for example, you want to find 20 personal training clients in that gym. You might think the most number of conversations you can have is 200. But it's not. It's not. Because you might have a conversation with every client and just not get them on the day that it makes sense for them. So you need to have those conversations again. Have a conversation with all 200 people five times about what they're doing there, how it's going, what's going well, what's going poorly, what's frustrating them, what they're really loving, anything they'd like more help with, all of those things. You can talk to your clients all the time. I recently asked one of our clients at Active Life to let their members know that they're going to start having meetings with everybody for free. And, and to book them because they feel like they could have been doing a better job for everybody all along and they just, they're realizing it now. And they're a great gym, by the way. But what's happening is through those conversations, people are saying, I really, I'm really appreciative that you had this meeting with me. I have been struggling to lose that weight. I have been struggling to get that skill. And then they're just asking, would you like to do personal training until we get that done? And the answer is yes, over and over and over and over again. So in fact, in the first week, this one gym, three different people on staff, they had conversations with a total combined, I want to say it was like 20 people, don't quote me, and of the 20 people they talked to, uh, five of them, no five, eight, I think 10 of them booked consultations and four of them have already made a purchase. Five more of them have consultations coming up. What week? You have to have more conversations, more conversations, deeper conversations. You are mining to find out how you can do a better job for your clients, for their friends, for their family, for your Instagram followers, and you need to do it at volume, at a scary level of volume. People are craving other people to come and talk to them and to listen when they speak. You need to listen when they speak. And if you listen when they speak, you can ask the next logical question that a curious, caring person would ask. And that next logical question could lead you to needing, from a moral and ethics perspective, to offer them help that they would feel 
from a morals and ethics perspective, they should pay for. Take home message from this podcast. You're not having enough conversations. You don't know enough people in your town's names. Not enough people in your town know your name. It's too easy for you to walk down the sidewalk. It's too easy for you to open up and use your Instagram. It's too easy for you to exist in the state that you are in right now for you to grow. So you got to do the thing that you feel uncomfortable doing and start talking to people at industrial fucking scale. Just be curious and watch what happens. Turn pro.